You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzoy Shabbos, Purim coming up. This must be Rizcha Dawaisa. I'm Aprom Kipolevich, and I am staring into the face, the Hadras Ponim, the Or Godel of Rabbi Yosef Kavriyo Bechofel. As we've made Abdullah, where the or of the Nair Abdullah is spurring us towards Simcha ve'Aliza, Yehudim Haisa, Oira Simcha ve'Sosan Vikor. We're getting ready. We're getting our poor muscles ready. And as you know, the last couple of weeks we've done alternate histories. So I suggest to my colleague, my comrade, my Rebbe, my mentor. Perhaps what we can do is talk about alternate histories that are connected to Purim. So that'll be our Purim, uh, sort of a Purim spiel idea. And let's see how we go with it. All right. We're okay. Hoping, we hope we learn how to listen yawns from our uh, listening public. Yes. Okay. Mr. Cohen, this one's for you. Um, whoever you are, as Durante would have said. <laughs> He would have said, actually, wherever you are. But Cohen, whoever you are, we're here for you. Happy that you're listening. <laughs> I'll try not to be too moronic tonight. Okay, here we go. I gave him too much COVID already, to tell you the truth. Okay, here we go. Um, Mordecai himself sort of uh, um, suggests an alternate history. When Mordecai uh, pushes Esther to go into Achashverosh, he says, Okay, so very important posik. But Mordecai sort of implies that there might have been a different Purim's ending. That if Esther doesn't do it, it's going to happen. Um, so, what do you say about that? What do you think that alternate history would have been if Esther doesn't do it? What do you say? Probably would have been Mordechai himself. It's a different way. Uh-huh. There are some of Farshim who say Mokamachir is sort of a remiss to himself, right? Because it has to come from Shevet Binyamin. That's what's clear. That has to be Tikkun for Shol. So uh-huh. therefore, if it has to be Tikkun for Shol, it's got to be somebody from Shevet Binyamin. Interesting. One of the, I think, Rav Chaim Falaji's son... About Avram Falaji, who, who never achieved the uh, uh, significance of his dad, but tried to do things like his father did, wrote a whole bunch of svarim. I think he, based on a medrash talpia, he says that Mokam Acher is actually Shevet is actually Shevet Yehuda through David Amelach. That's what he says, which is actually the opposite. That that if we don't do it, um, we're going to be eliminated. The Benyaminics are going to go down. Yeah, they do, and then somehow the Hatzalah will happen through David people. But um, so basically, but what would the Hatzalah be, though, Rabbi Yosef? What, uh, you're just saying it's either Mordechai or maybe, according to Avram Falagia, it's somebody the... else. Te- somebody else would have told the Bathbiks on the Seresh. That was the Iker In other words, somebody would have gone to Achashverosh and said, "Hey, uh, uh, maybe I, Daniel Hasach." Okay. Not not so dramatic though, is it? Right? It just. Oh, I mean, that's that's why obviously, of course, Baruch went with the drama, right? Oh, so in other words, basically, more according to the way you're saying this pshat, drush, whatever you want to call it, uh, Mordechai is telling Esther, you've got a role in history to play. It could be magnificent and tremendous. If not, you're going to take a back seat, maybe even die, but somebody else will fill the role, and Purim's story will still be the same, right? That's what you say. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
But I think you have a mahalach. Since you brought up this, you obviously have your own brilliant mahalach, incisive and profound, and I'd like to hear what it is. Okay, it's not actually my own. It's not so, uh, but I find it quite interesting. One of the as far as that incisive and profound, don't share it. I think it. I think it's actually fascinating. I don't know if it's incisive or profound, but I find it fascinating because um, one of the farm that everybody has started to love uh, is the Zerushimshin. And part of it is because the great haftocha that he gives, that if you study his farm, he's going to be a big mevotzeisha for you. But it's all over the place, all of, including our platform. Uh, we've had a number of Zerushimshin shiurim from my good friend Kalman Warch. Uh, so the Zerushimshin actually has a cute part on this. Doesn't seem to have worked for Rabbi Leib since. Why is it working for the Zerushimshin? Yeah, you, do you see that it's working? It actually is, right? People, I think, I think here's the main difference. And you're going to start me on this again now about comparing people. One of the differences is the Zerushimshin, even though it's sort of this labyrinth type of um, journey into like interesting box of Drush, it ends up actually being very satisfying. Whereas the Plotzker, yeah, he said, you know, sometimes he'll hit a triple, sometimes a home run. Most of the time it's a double and you're sort of like scratching your head. It's OK, OK, I guess we got there with that. Um, so and I think he's not he just isn't as gishmak. Whereas the Zerushimshin, even though no one's going to confuse him with the morale, no one's going to say this is the biggest Yisoyed Mahshov I've ever heard. You know, you really nod your head and you say, yeah, well, it's pretty interesting. And here's an example of a Zerushimshin. What he says is that based on his interesting reading of the Gemara Megillah, Daf Yud Gimel, that basically, that if one of the reasons why the Achashverosh's Gzeira makes, can work, is it because they can eliminate all the Eden. There isn't going to be one Medina that's going to be taken off the grid. And, it, and therefore, this whole thing can be tolerated, and it's not considered as if he destroyed one of his own countries. Plus, um, it's not going to be that noticeable. Uh, what Sarah Shimshin suggests is, is that Mimokam Acher is one of those 127 countries, one Uganda-like place, is going to be Moirade. Either because they're going to say, we refuse to accept this despicable despot's decree to kill people, right? They were going to stand up and be the humanitarians. And with that, would they, they Switzerland-like, would raise the flag and the Jews would all make their way through underground railroads all the way to this whatever unnamed country there would be. And then his, his plan can't work. Because he's not going to be successful, because there's going to be Jews that are going to be Nitzal Mimokam Acher. I thought that was a really, and isn't that fascinating? Like, uh, like an idea that he's sort of, he's sort of almost being an oracle and thinking about some place where there's one country that stands up that refuses to, to, to accept what the Nazis are doing, and the Jews could somehow make it there. And if they would make it there, oh, I won't be successful in destroying them all, and therefore the Xero will become bottle. That's the, more or less the Zerah Shimson shot, which is a pretty interesting alternate history, isn't it? Yes, it is. But, okay. Uh, who, again, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right. But it got the Zerah Shimson thinking, and that's good enough for me uh, as, as a possibility. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I'll ask you another question, by the way. Once we're talking about this, and you have to... <laughs> okay, that's a cough and not a yawn. I get it. But here's the, here's the, the question. 
we all know, of course, that Kaddish Baruch Hu gives tremendous chayin to Esther despite her age, and she isn't exactly Sophia Loren or Elizabeth Taylor, but still, Akadosh loves her for all the right reasons. Akadosh Baruch Hu is pushing him, so to speak. How about if things don't work out that way? How about if he takes one of the other thousands of young nubile women, and Esther never really becomes Malka? Mordechai, despite his sort of semi-official role, never becomes, you know, this uh, a presence that's always in the Chatzar HaMelech. And Haman, despite his rise to fame as the one who gave the advice uh, to begin this sort of search for the next queen, still has his rise to Gdula, but he's just this basically megalomaniac type of vizier, but he never gets this hatred that he wants to destroy all Kalyastral, and the Nes Purim really never needs to happen. Do you think we're any poorer because of that? Okay, so I, I think that's apicorosis. I didn't say that. I'm just asking you. Why are we no poorer? Explain it to me. Wait, what? Just explain to me. I, I have answers. I have answers, but I want to hear your answers. No, but I have no, it's, I, the, the question, do you know how much Ripsodic there is on Purim? Again with Ripsodic. This is an alternate history show, okay? But there's no, but I'm saying you can't, this alternate history is assuming that the the uh, that something which is so intrinsic to the Bria would not have occurred. I can't accept that question as an alternate history. You know, you're such a fair. Look, well, Misa, we say it every night at the Seder. Every Seder we say, this would have been the result, okay? So that's also intrinsic to the Bria. We say it every year. People say it on Shabbos HaGadol too sometimes. But the point is, we get ourselves, and we think about that. What yeah, would so have been... You want to say, said, of course, Gemara says, nothing really changed. One second. The Gemara says we're still Avdei Achashverosh. The Gemara doesn't say what would have happened had there not been Purim. Yeah, we were still... But, but okay, for, okay, first of all, I showed you it's not Apikorsis. Okay, so take that back. You and Goda, I'm asking you, had there not been a Nes Purim, what would have been the difference? Please tell me. There'd be no Purim. There'd be no Yosem Mizarim. There'd be no Kosem Anasimlis Batel. None of that would exist. And you were telling me that that's an alternative? Okay, so we would have we would have been a religion without a holiday called Purim. Right. Okay, and therefore we would be missing all the Aliyah Ruchni that Purim does, all the Yom Kippurim, all the Sodas and everything. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Okay, so basically you're jumping into mystical Drush and Machshava and like Hechrech Habria of Rapsodok and the Ishbitzer type of everything is determination. That That's your answer to me, right? Exactly. You don't even want to have fun with alternate possibilities. I'm going to actually tell you what I'm having lots of fun at the moment. What? I'm having lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you what I think might have happened the same way Rav Cook Satsal says about the member that I said before. If we weren't taken out of Mitzrayim, we'd been Mishubodim to Paro B'Mitzrayim. So Rav Cook says that history would have stopped. Rav Cook says that uh, Zatzal says that had we not left Mitzrayim, it would have we would have basically still had a Mitz. There wouldn't have been an ad, ad, um, advancement in the world. Again, it's a Lishmer Shtikel Torah, but he says that there basically would have been a deadening 
of the vibrant principles of life that might have led to freedom, that might have led to revolution, that might have led to independent thinking, that might have led to a creativity, a globalism, all of that would not have happened. We still would have been in the damn loincloths and the sand and getting the whips on our back because Lamaisa, the fact that- It's right, right? Not about Purim right now. Right, right. But but Rev Cook suggests an alternative to make us think. But listen for a second, Sadiq. He gives us an alternative Turn to say that had there not been this hechrach and the bria, then the dynamism that we connect to advancements and spirituality and thinking it would have died. We would have basically still been where we were. That's Rav Cook's answer. So I want to try to give an answer. I'll piece. I don't what he's saying, by the way. I have no clue what he's saying. It's you in the pshat and the verter. We would have been mishubadim leparo b'mitzrayim. And therefore what? So, still might have been great advances and strides. Egypt was a very no, he says the advancements in everything that could have led to other types of freedoms, like the Barbanel and others ask, hey, couldn't some other guy come and free them? Couldn't there have been some movement? No. Basically, what we see as the advancements of civilization is tied and tethered to the fact that Klau Yisrael was chosen to be Amanif. Greek culture is ascent, Greek culture only came about because there was the T.S. Mitzrayim? Again, I, I'm not, if, perhaps, yes. If okay. there's, if, if, if Klau Yisrael is not chosen as the prime part of humanity from which to build a connection from the creator to the world at large, then Enochinami, what we have is we, we're spinning our heels. We're like some planet out there that also doesn't have God's involvement. And therefore, we don't advance in any way, shape, or form. That's his theory. Now, you could disagree with Rav Cook. Yeah, I don't stand, but I don't stand why. I'm, I'm not sure. You say all humanity would not have advanced if we didn't have ETS. Because the same way as we said last week at the end of the beautiful Rizcha show, that the Chokma of uh, the Chokma of the Velt, right, it, it is in a sense connected to the Chokma Satira. If there is no Klaus for leaving Mitzrayim, there is no Nesina Satira. If there's no Nesina Satira, then Chachma doesn't flower in the same way as well. Chachma doesn't flower. The human, the greatness of human potential doesn't flower. The ideas of slavery being against the essence of what a human being should be like, none of those things ever become relevant. And well, well, well. So this is very different. You're saying that ethical notions would not have come into being. Not not civilization. Positive and and it would have it would have been there wouldn't have been bulldozers. There would have been no bulldozers? No, right. that's what we meant. Okay. We'll read the Shtikalaivas three a little bit later. My point is let me talk about Purim. My point is like this. Based on this, I I'm just bring a dugmaladover. Right? So here's the part. Two possibilities. You can say you can yawn or cough or throw up or spew. I'm whatever waiting. You, I, 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 okay. okay. After you. I forgot. I'm the one that's spewing. So let me let me let me just let let me uh, um, explain. So here, one thing is a very simple possibility, which is that there is no, if there is no uh, nespurim, there's no tshuva. If there's no tshuva. Then the same way the aristocratic Jews of Shushan showed you can basically be assimilated, Modox, or whatever that is that Cohen says I am, right? This Modox type of mentality. So that could also that could also happen. Uh, that would have been that would have seeped in 
to the mentality of Claudius Roll throughout all the places they were in Golis. And we basically would have had his Bailus. We would have had Enochinami. That's exactly what Haman said. Haman said, Yeshnoi, that they were, remember the Gemara and Megillah, Yeshnoi, that they're already asleep for mitzvahs. So, so uh, uh, Achashverosh asks, what about the Rabbanon? He says, yeah, they're Am Echad. Basically, the Rabbanon are also thrown in. They're also letting everybody go to hell. So basically, that would have been it. Had there not been that tshuva, there would have been this idea that mitzvahs is old, it's, it's where we're sleeping from it, and we would have had his bailus. So this whole idea, this, this surge of kimu v'keblu and accepting, which everything that you are uh, uh, talking about, being a hechrech and the bria, it's another a normal way of saying what you said. I understand. What is the assimilation of the bit? I'm so through assimilation? Am Yisrael cuts corners and basically becomes a happy little ethnic group. They, they become, become like, they, they become, become a, they become a, just like the Italians and the Irish, just like, you know, don't start up with the Irish, they'll, they'll get drunk and hit, and hit you. The scotch will be cheap. The Whatever, all these little ethnic things that people say, that's what we would have been. And maybe we would have just st- ceased to exist altogether. But we definitely wouldn't have had the tshuva element that would have buttressed our sense of... But again, first of all, first of all I, I'm not sure, sure why you had to stalk the modern orthodox to say this before, um, but let's say that, okay, modern orthodox, I guess you regard as assimilated, I hear, but... Um, oh, that's because that's because I was modox, remember? That was within the... Yeah, because yeah. I, I only mentioned modern orthodox because I was accused of being, of, of holding a, a flag for them. But go ahead. I actually... Listen, I don't even I don't even subscribe to such nomenclatures of modern Orthodox Orthodox. Listen, it's either you do the Ratzon Hashem or you don't do the Ratzon Hashem. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Okay. So the point is again, this 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 borders are not because it because denies <laughs> denies the unique role of Amis on the Bria, the Mamlech is calling the Goy Kodesh. You say that at some point in history, after Mamar and Sinai, Amis could have lost the status of Mamlech is calling the Goy Kodesh. Yeah, and I don't think the borders are not yeah, at all. I don't. I don't excuse Right? I mean, that's uh, that's himself. That's no point. There is no way. It's muchach in the beer that there be a day like border. All right. Look, you know, you know. Once again, you result. You're resorting to these ishbitzers zachen over here that that it has to happen. So therefore, it could never have happened. Look. The point is, is that you're right. We prove that it's not going to happen. Our alternate question is, let's say they would, if there wouldn't, Purim was the hechitimtza for them to bring out this nakuda. Okay, here's another possibility, much more historically valid, perhaps. And that is, we know that there was a sitna against the building of the base of Mikdash. Chazal say that's what Achashverosh meant when he said, because basically the base of Mikdash wasn't going in the status of being rebuilt. It was going to be red tape, was going to keep the base of Mikdash uh, in, you know, in a construction mode for years and years. It would have been a Cuomo-like overseeing of, of what was happening in Eretz Yisrael to the point that everybody would have thrown it out. And there wouldn't have possibly have been a base on Mikdash because without Esther becoming queen, there isn't that drive for that to happen. There's no Daryovish Hasheni, whoever he is, who actually becomes the stamp of approval. And therefore, Kivilevich theorizes without a base on Mikdash to be Ma'achidas, we don't really have Bayesheni and the glory of what Bayesheni brings, which is the Tkufas Azov of Shimon Atzadik, and eventually, uh, despite all the difficulties, the Tanoim. 
And we don't have the Tkufas Hazoyer of the early Tanoim. And, the, and really, as Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky and others speak out, the whole purpose of the Chazor of Bayesheni, despite all its weakness, was to create the Torah backbone that we needed to survive in Golis. It's based really on, on, on Shtiklach from the Nitziv, that the Nitziv writes in a number of places. Rabbi Yaakov is Bayrach about it in the beginning of his parish on Ovois. I am sure. Again, I'm not again you hide that's hiding behind the Nitziv or whatever you want to hide behind. It's not 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 to do anything. I'm not hiding behind anybody. Okay. I'm I'm not hiding behind I never hide. Lamaisa, Lamaisa, the Shiva Sion started already before Esther. Zubava was before Esther. So you're going to tell me that uh, 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 what would have happened? That, what happened is they would have dug their heels in. They would, never, they would never have been the ace rod sign. In other words, Purim allows the ace no, rod. No, ace rod sign, shmei rod sign. You don't want to say we can't get mystical about this. So it's getting historical about this. No, the ace rod sign from the Melech. I didn't mean from God. Okay. So, oh, oh, look, that was where it was through Esther and, and her son that the base of Mikdash got built. Had it not been that way, they wouldn't have, the, the, the Lashon Hara would have kept the base of Mikdash unbuilt. There might have been a Jewish population there, but they wouldn't have been able to have a base of Mikdash, Mahavi. And therefore, without the base of Mikdash, you wouldn't have had the eventual complete uh, emigration, and you wouldn't have had this buttress of, uh, to really build Teresh Abel on. Look, we all know the Beis Hamikdash. You had all these Kohanim Gedolim dying. Yet, I mean, it was scandalous, right? You don't have to read Sefer Hashmanoyim to know that on, on one level, you had scandal. It was scandalous the, what was happening, right? The the mentality of so many in power was Geferlach, Tzedukim, Mesyavnim, right? It was really Geferlach, and 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 the butchery that went on. Okay. But what was the shining light? Nitziv and Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, thank you. Teresh Abelpeh was able to grow because of that. So that might have, so basically, what would have been the power that would have brought the Teresh Abelpeh together again? All right. Maybe it's all, okay, here's a better one. Let's, let's go to the time of the Amaroyim. I think about you all the time when I think about this Gemara. Uh, Come So Rabbi Yedis and Ibishit says <laughs> that the pshat is, is that Rabba, who was this incredible mind, as we know, he was called Ikararim. Reb Zeira was a big Tomim and a, a Charif as well in some ways, but not, he didn't compare to Rabba. Okay. And it has nothing to do with his literary output either. Okay. So mm-hmm. basically we just know, although Reb Zeira is the king of Yerushalmi, but in Babli, Reb Zeira is really the, you know, Reb Zeira is the tzaddik, Reb Zeira is the one who is misanet, right? But Lamaisa in, in Bavel, he was sort of like, yeah, right. Rabba was the king. Rabba becomes Rosh Hashiva in Pumpadisa. Um, anyway, Rabba in Bavel invites Reb Zeira for a suda. Of course, the Gemara says that they get, he, he gets drunk and he shechts him. So Rabbi Yenis and Ibishit says that it means he didn't really kill him literally, but what he did was he had restrained himself up until this point. But now he was speaking and learning unfettered because of being drunk. And therefore, normally it was sort of a normal back, back and forth, but all of a sudden Rabbah becomes who he really, the unleashed, unplugged Rabbah, and it Kills Rabzeira. 
to the point that Reb Zeyer has such chalishos hadas from the incredible chokhmah, pilpul, and taira of Rabbah that it's like he's dead. Okay, that's the drush part about that Gemara. Let's assume that it means he really kills him. Okay, so now the Gemara says that that he was mispala on him that he should come back to life. Okay, so. According to Rabbi Yenison, it means he was mispal, he should have, uh, maybe he explains to him, he doesn't have Chlishos Hadas anymore. Okay. Let's but assume... Rabbi Ramam also, it's not be taken literally. What? Rabbi Ramam and his Maimah Lagodos. Oh, okay, great. That's that's better than Rabbi Yenison Ibishitz. Yeah, that's Mukdam to Rabbi Yenison Ibishitz, yes. We'll talk about Rabbi Ramam and Rambam a different time. He's a, he's a very wonderful character, a person to speak about. I don't want to say character. Okay. Let's say, however, it is Kipshuto. And there is Trios HaMesim, like I think most people assume. Okay. Rabbah doesn't, is able to daven. It doesn't work. Reb is dead. Reb doesn't get there. It's Yisrael to begin his Yerushalmi career. What happens to Rabbah in your mind? What do you think? Um, who was the one who had to uh, go and ha- was, because, uh, uh, well, what was The it? one who kills the Yoni, Reb Hanina? Yeah. The Gemara in, in, in Ksuvis? Gemara goes, Kogot Deshmein, there's Yaitse Betara. Yes, okay, we, we have many memory of, listen, you're the Bucky Bishas, right? So, have many, many, uh, Bavli, you're Shami. There's many memories of people. But I'm talking about the person who was Usid or was going to be the Rashiva Pumpadisa, and he's now got a drunken Suda where he killed someone. What do you think? It's a good question. What do you want to say? I'm asking you. I have an answer. What do you think? I want to hear your answer. I want to, okay. All right. Uh, let's speculate here. Um, Rabba, L'chaira, he killed him. He's zikr as much as, there's no ir miklat, possibly, but he's zikr ton tshuva. You can't have him be the Rosh Hashiva anymore, right? Can you have a, a Ritzayach as Rosh Hashiva? I don't think so, right? Rosh Hashiva, he can't, right? Now, maybe the yeshiva is goy le'ibo, possibly, but I'm not even sure if he has a din of Bishaygeg. I think if a person, I think the Rambam says that if a person gets drunk, he's karavlamezid. A person who kills as a shikar is karavlamezid. There's no goalist for him. So in a way, he's basically a, uh, a, a, a they're going to have to be mired him from being Rosh Hashiva. And I wonder if, does he, does Abaya become Abaya? Right? Abaya is his nephew who grows up in his, yeah, I guess Abaya will, you know, maybe, you know, follow. Rabbi is not Rosh Hashiva, then Rabbi Yosef becomes Rosh Hashiva earlier, no? Right, but Rabbi Yosef can only be Rosh Hashiva two years. Remember, he had the the Navu, the Navu yeah, that they yeah, that was the Navu so it could be uh, it would be a uh, change. In other words, Rabbi Yosef would be Mispal, Okay, so so basically, Pumpadisa is more about Pikias than it is about brilliance. So. Right. So there's, I think there's a lot of differences here. I don't think Raba, I don't think Raba becomes Rashiva Pumpadisa. And Rabbi Yosef can only, again, according to the predetermination, he can only last two years. And if he does, it's a different yeshiva with Rabbi Yosef there, right? <laughs> Listen, Bavel, again, what was the answer from the Bnei Eretz Yisrael? The, the Gemara at the end of Haryu said, everybody needs Moridechiti, right? But the, the, the Anche Bavel didn't hold that way. Even though Bnei Eretz Yisrael held, you needed the encyclopedic um, uh, Bikias of Rabbi Yosef to give everybody the Marmachimus. Lamaisa, we went with Rabba. And the truth is, is that, isn't it ironic that Rabbi Yosef himself is the one who's Cholash, the Shachach Talmudai? I'm saying Rabbi Yosef's whole power was his incredible Zikaro 
of everything that he remembered on his fingertips, right? That's why he's called Sinai. And yet, whatever reason why he was, he got that disease, he becomes a doddering person. And, right, he forgets what he taught. Throughout Shas, we're always hearing about, 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 about everyone trying to be Matzik Rabbi Yosef. In fact, anybody who, Cohen, you can do this yourself. Go through Shas and you'll see that Rabbi Yosef, the Gemara, consistently talks about how he seems to have made a mistake. And then the Gemara tries to defend Rabbi Yosef and not, if you really look at Shas, you'll see Rabbi Yosef is a very tragic figure in some ways, in terms of what's going on in his shakla, whenever he's involved in shakla vitaria. He, he sometimes seems to be making the, the greatest mistakes. And, and, and we know that part of it is the background, that it, that, even, that it was a decline that was piecemeal. And even as it was happening, there was an attempt by Abaya and all his people who loved him to keep him in the fold, but, it didn't, but they weren't always successful. So I don't see Rabbi Yosef running that yeshiva in Pumpadisa. And who knows? Who knows what happens there? Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe. Well, it's already younger. It might have had much more, on the contrary. It's what? Younger. It might have had much more of a, you know, oomph. Because, it could be, could younger people might have uh, assumed the mantle. But I don't, maybe it never gets, it never gets the, uh, the pedigree without Rabbah. Anyway, uh, that is. Rabbah would have been killed, Rabbah said, would have stayed dead, Purim would have been different. Okay, now talk about why. Because people would have used that as the important is too big. Too so big. another, so another difference is that if that occurred, Machayevinish Lipsumi Bapuria would have definitely not been lahalocha. Right, been downgraded. So, in fact, maybe that member never even gets in shas. In fact, they say Rav Uderman used to say every year that in Sabotka they would give a level of mashke on uh, Purim. So now this is something that's up Everybody your alley. Been to, to so what would it have been then? What would have been no the What? There would be no chasidus. <laughs> Everybody been to the There's no choice. Too big a sakana to be emotional. Because you, in other words, if you if you take the drinking out of Purim, you have no, you, you don't have a chasidus shavelt. Yeah, there's no maska. There's no day that we can all be chassidim, in other words. No, there's no, the whole avoda of getting exuberant would be, a, would be to, uh, regarded as too dangerous. Uh, so how would it, so, so where would it have been the great hasogas of Purim? They wouldn't have been there. What? So the hasogas of Purim would have been canceled, right? They they would, would no one would have ever been soichet to them. They would have been after like the, like the Ramah was in Bechiriyayim. You're talking about the Ramon in, in Shulchanara. Oh, no, no, we would have learned Torah. We would have wrote the same papers on the Megillah. So we would have, or seemingly that seems to be Rav Shlomo Al Kabbats as well in terms of being Mekayim Shulchmanas with that. But in other words, we would have based Torah. In other words, Purim would have been more about Torah. Just like Hanukkah. But it, maybe it would have been at least Leibadikah Torah. It would have been I some. Know. That's no point. It would have been. It would just would have been a day to sit and learn, like to like like make mishmarim like on shvuas. Yeah. It would have been like a yoyim kabbalas atayra, but it would have been like we're all learning till one o'clock in the morning or two in the right. morning. Would that have been so bad? Yes. I mean, because it would have because it would have robbed us of of of, of what we needed so much. It robbed us of the net, of the component of exuberance within Judaism. So. And the drinking is where that comes from. And, uh, drink is not necessarily where it came from, but if the, you would have eliminated the notion, so then it would have made us basically like Quakers. Uh-huh. I hear. And uh, even though, yeah, so so that, 
that's I, I think it's quite a reach to to. I, I'm happy that you're going with the show, but it is seems to be quite a reach to say that had Rabzera Gepegert and gone to his Gan Eden. But no, but I'm saying had had, Rebs, had, had he gone to his Gan Eden and not been brought back to life, yeah, we, we would have had a different right, totally different religion. I hear. I was just saying Pumpadisa would have been different. Maybe Abaya. You're saying you say the whole veldt would have been under yeah. the butterfly effect, indeed. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, the whole Nakuda is that uh, since you brought him back to life, let, uh, we assume that it's not good. Even Thorosuk, even the Zakimshuka. The shot is that the liberties are okay. One day a year, you can take liberties, and the exuberance is okay. And then, but they, had he not had, had he not been Mechayim, whatever that means, we would have said, forget it. The fact that you have a Purim Rav would never be fly, as is a Purim Rav, is a questionable practice, right? Right, yes. Go listen to, we, we, I did a whole show with it with uh, Dr. Sam Juni, the psychological underpinnings of why the yeshiva needs a Purim Rav. So uh, if not, if Rabbi, uh, if, uh, if Rabbi Zera were to believe in that, you know, that he would uh, remain dead, so then that would, there'd be no Purim Rav. And that's even going with the Nakipshuto, because Let's say the Rabbi embarrassed Rabbi Zerah Then we would say, forget it. How can you take a risk of having a point of and embarrass the Rosh Hashiva? Yeah. Well, I think it's always uh, important to get a glimpse behind the curtain uh, to see the greatness of somebody. And I think that was definitely something that uh, Rabbi was uh, holding back and willing to show at some point. But yeah, I think we've definitely come up with some uh, wonderful things. Let's try to end on a good note. All right, Rabbi Yosef, uh, I'll ask you now, why don't you come up with something here, some alternate uh, possibilities? Yeah, more sober notes. I remember, I think it was 94, maybe I'm wrong about the year. But I don't remember any of the reports coming out of Shabbos in the interim. I think it's been a while, since 2005 or something. I remember when last time was. I remember that, Yomar Nimhar when um, I remember it was at the Suda in Skokie Yeshiva. And, uh, it was, it was snowing too, remember? It was snowing. Very snowy day, right. And the uh, word came from Eretz Yisrael that Baruch Goldstein had murdered all these uh, Arabs in the Maras HaMachpelah. And I felt at the mo- moment, I thought, you know, that's it. Purim is over. How can we ever celebrate Purim again when this was going to be a blot on the Yantav of Purim? And, uh, and the problem now, since I don't think it, it, it will it will Purim permanently, Baruch Hashem, but uh, it certainly had a tremendous and tragic impact on Kali so, that it separated, much like Trump many years later would, 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 would simply divide people into the positive and negative uh, perspectives and they would, be, uh, they would not, not be able to um, reconcile. So to have uh, to this day, people regard Borough Goldstein, especially this guy running for Knesset, um, what's his name, um, Ben Gvir, who has Goldstein's picture on his wall as a saint and rest of my throw, I should say rest, I should say so to myself, we regard Baruch Olsen as at best the Meshuganah, worse than Russia. So, and, and you believe that moment, although I remember we were all scared at the time. First of all, that it could happen on Purim was Bechlal Apachad, and we thought it would result, just like Goldstein himself was hacked to death by the Arabs who were there, we thought that there was going to be mass uprisings and killings of Jews uh, because of that. Don't you think the incredible 
Kiddush Hashem that was made by many Rabbonim and others condemning him. I'll mention, I think the one who I think stood out the greatest was Ravaran Lichtenstein, Zecher Tzadik Levrocha. Okay? Maybe I'm showing my Modox uh, uh, aspects here, Cohen. But the point is, is that I remember how Ravaran was... Uh, was extremely uh, condemning him in, in the ultimate words. And I think many, many others followed suit. Correct? Yeah, so, unfortunately not enough. You think that there were many who were who were happy with what Goldstein did? Yes. Or at least were not condemning. I think I think Ruba de Ruba people condemned what Goldstein did. And I think Again, that we have a person running for Knesset who's representing the mainstream religious Zionist party in this election. Who's actually who actually come out? Who has a picture of Baruch Goldstein on his wall as a tzaddik? Well, how are you gonna? I, I I I would never vote for this party, and yet I think they're expecting the overwhelming majority of religious Zionists to vote it's, for it. It's worse than me having the Satmarov in my sukkah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point being is, yeah. So let's imagine in our alternate history that Dr. Baruch Goldstein stops himself. He goes into Daven the Marasa Machpewa and he enters into that place where the, the Arabs are, I think it's by Yitzchok, I think that the Arabs are, are davening, and he decides, I can't do it, and he walks out. Do you think, or is there less intifada? Is there I less death? So. I think there would have been much less, for sure, much less bloodshed of Jews. I think Baruch Olsen has a lot of Jewish blood on his hands. So in other words, whenever the Arabs need to uh, roll up the, the, the flag post, some sort of anti-Jewish figure, and to, for, to tell their minions not to trust what's going on, they say, you see how much they love Goldstein? Goldstein's exotic by them. They want to kill us all. Let's never make peace with them. And let's never, let's continue to fight. So, you want to agree with that? I think it's interesting. I, you know what? I, I don't think about it too often. It is very painful to think about that. But I think it's fascinating. I'm going to give you a pat on the back for this one. That if if Goldstein doesn't do what he did, then maybe we're not in this sort of logjam that we are now, and maybe they aren't. We aren't necessarily uh, sending them shlochmanas, but they aren't. Uh, there isn't the level of enmity and hatred and distrust that there is now. Impossible. Yeah. Wow. So well, that's another Purim alternate that, yes, unfortunately, did not happen. Much more uh, closer to our time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, on that sober note, my friends, we here at Rizla starting, I don't know if it's our, we'll see everybody, maybe on, maybe on Purim itself, hopefully, uh, maybe in, in some way, Purim is which we'll be back. Take care, everybody. Have a Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.